It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Greg Ducharme, joined tonight by Mark Illman, and this is our round three recap of the Mayakoba Golf Classic and round four preview. Uh, Mark, what's going on? Not too much, man. Uh, weekend off. Well, I've had a couple off now after Thanksgiving and uh, just chilling, watching a little golf on TV. Yeah, watching as a fan is pretty nice, don't yeah, you think? Putting up Christmas decorations while I do it, so uh, all laughs good. Well, we had uh, some interesting action out there today, and Emiliano Grillo, who is our round two leader, is still our round three leader, Mark, and and he is out there. He played a nice, solid, steady round today uh, in 68, he um, three under par. He hit some really high-quality shots. What do you think of his game? What did you make of his round today? Well, um, you know, playing in the final group, as you well know, is a challenge, and he hasn't won, you know, for a long while since the Safeway. It's been many years now, and so even though it's Saturday and it's just the third round, you know, you get that 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 anticipation about you, and the nerves can be a bit jangled. and And it was a nice, clean start for Grillo. Folks were going nuts on a soft a soft golf course early, but then you could maybe sense some nerves, you know, because as that finish line starts to get closer what starts to loom you know then the nerves start showing a little and and one or two missteps there just around the turn but man he had some beautiful tee shots on, on some demanding holes coming down the stretch and to me that sort of gave gave a good indication of not just where the golf swing is which has been very sharp for a while now with his work with chris como but 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 just also where the boy's mindset was and and typically he battles around the greens but with soft and slower greens that sort of mitigates the putting problems so i thought job well done i i think um you know every golfer will always get off the golf course and go well i'll i left one out there or i left one or two out there but but at dinner tonight, I'm sure he's feeling pretty good about himself. Yeah, a couple of um, bogeys early in the second nine. Um, but that was pretty common. There, there were a lot of players. If you're looking through some scorecards, you'll see a lot of bogeys at maybe 10 and 12 or, or bogeys somewhere in that stretch that seemed to damper some momentum. So I, I think that's a tough stretch of golf holes. Um, but the the two birdies coming in on, I think it was 13 and 15. Mm-hmm. The one on 15 was great. I mean, what a yeah, it was 13 and 15. So he took advantage of the par five uh, and then hit a really nice shot in and made a really nice putt on 15. So I, I thought that was a really important stretch for him, especially because you had some guys making a move. You look at a guy like Tom Hoagie, who all of a sudden, I mean, when you're watching early on during this tournament, uh, during this round, Tom Hoagie's kind of moving slow and being two under at the turn. There are guys shooting 31, guys shooting um, 30. There's some really low scores out there. All of a sudden, he's one under through 10. Yeah, here we go. The the day ends and he shoots 65. So he gets on that charge in the uh, starting from 13 all the way through. He birdies 13, 14, 15, and 16. And he's all of a sudden, and, and then he adds a birdie at 18. All of a sudden, he's only one back of Emiliano Grillo. Um, were you like me during that round, Mark, where you, you weren't really expecting this run out of Tom Hoagie? All of a sudden, he's sitting here in solo second. Well, I got to tell you, every time I've watched Tom Hoagie play, I'm like, yeah, the boy's legit. I mean, he hasn't won on the tour just yet, but he's he's what I would call a hitter. He hits the center of the club face all the time, and, and, and he hits it powerfully. It really cuts through the wind, and and 
And you sometimes wonder, at least I do, when I watch him play, I'm like, I can't believe this guy hasn't had more success. And look, he's been successful. You find him on leaderboards, and he's that sort of under-the-radar sort of a guy. So he eases up there, gets inside the top 10, but no one really talks about him. So am I surprised he made a bit of a late run? Absolutely not. Uh, around a golf course like that, um, he hits the ball well, and so I would expect – you know, with all of these guys on a golf course like this late in the season, you know, it's like the NBA, you know, it doesn't matter how far ahead you are or the NFL, someone's going to make a run. And so no, I wasn't really that surprised by Hoagie. And honestly, I wouldn't be that surprised if he keeps it up tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a it'd be a first victory for him. The only thing that may surprise you is he's coming off of two missed cuts. Right? He mm-hmm. missed the cut at the RSM, he missed the cut in Houston. Um, but really... It, 2020 was a was a pretty solid year for him. He had a stretch there um, from the American Express. This is before the shutdown. I mean, he was he was tied 12th at the Sony, tied sixth at the American Express, fifth at the Farmers, um, and then tied 25th at, in Phoenix, um, and and tied 15th at the API. So he had some really nice finishes in the early part before the shutdown, um, and and he's just a great iron player, is what I saw. Uh, absolutely. And all different golf courses, as ones you referenced there, Greg. Right. You You're go right. From, you go from Hawaii, uh, Wailai and Waikiki, and then you go to the American Express, which is desert golf, and then Torrey Pines. You've got uh, Kikuyu by the seaside. And then you venture inland to Phoenix and then down to Orlando in the Bay Hill. So he, he's, a, he's a golfer for all seasons. And, and as I say, he's a little under the radar, but he shouldn't be. Yeah. And I look at that as the tee to green game has a tendency of traveling the most, right? If you, you know this with just your students, Mark, you have guys who hit the ball really solid tee to green guys who drive the ball. Well, guys who hit irons really, really flush. As you said, Tom Hoagie is a hitter. Um, when you do that, it travels from these different styles of golf courses. It works everywhere. Hitting quality golf shots works everywhere. And that's what we saw with Tom Hoagie looking at his statistics from 2020, uh, he was 35th approaching the green, 65th tee to green, which is well above average. Um, mm-hmm. So a really solid player. I'm with you, Mark. I'm I'm um, not overly surprised, I would say. Um, now, yesterday, Rick and I had a conversation about the uh, the curse of the Puerto Rico Open. And we had two players in the mix. You know we love this. One, you know we love this. So we talked about this at length. And um, and Victor Hovland was the guy we were kind of a little worried about finishing his round yesterday. And he, he finished his round. And it wasn't great. He made another bogey by the time we had finished recording. Yet here he is now. He's in, in third place in the event. And he just went on a tear today and shoots 63, puts himself in solo third. I know you think the world of this guy, but it, you got to tell me. I got to get your take. Is there any um, any reality in the curse of the Puerto Rico Open? Or are we going to see Victor Hovland close the deal tomorrow? Well, if if there's reality, it's because I've been on the show with you guys. And you've talked about it. So I guess yeah. you kind of brainwashed me a little bit. Um, you know, with a player like Finau, with a player like Hovland, it's it's inevitable that they're going to shoot low scores. And, and the problem with a tour, and, you know, sometimes the t- statistics bear this out, but the reality is, is you can play well and still get beaten. And... Um, you look at Hovland's round today. I can see where you guys were going looking through the scorecards because, you know, it was a bit messy coming in in the second round there. That's uh, right. Or no, messy starting and then finished real fast and then bogeyed his first round, to first hole today. But since then, just went bananas. And and to me, he's a chaser. You, you know, he's he's the kind of guy I feel like 
who would be a little bit more comfortable, you know, chasing down the lead. And so after a day like today, man, I am sure he is jacked to get out there tomorrow and get after it. Bogey's the first hole, and all he does after that is make nine birdies mm-hmm. uh, and get in at eight under. So it's just such good play. And again, we're seeing another guy. I look at all three of these guys, the top three guys on the top of the leaderboard, and they're great iron players, and they're they're very straight hitters. Uh, so they're driving the ball well. They're driving the ball into the fairway, and all of a sudden they're in position. You have Emiliano Grillo at six. 16 under you have Tom Hoagie at 15 Victor Hovland at 14 all these guys are giving themselves birdie opportunities and you saw Victor Hovland say in his post-round interview hey I just kept I just kept hitting it close I gave myself a ton of great opportunities to me that starts with um, hitting the fairway he's hit 10 of 14 fairways every single day um, and today he hit 16 of 18 green so really impressive stuff from Hovland but I just want to know Mark but uh, we're going to get to picks a little bit later on but is is Hovland your guy tomorrow are you thinking he might might win I don't know. I, I I honestly am confuddled right now, you know, figuring who's going to pull this thing out. But I will tell you about Hovland. He's done some super work on the golf swing and he's picked up a bit of gas off the tee and you reference the iron game, which is always stout. And I'm a long believer in the guy who hits the golf ball whole high is going to have the most opportunities. And he doesn't just hit it targets, hits the ball the right distance all of the time. So, so, so I feel like, I feel like if you stay in front of Victor Hovland, you're probably going to be in good shape. The other player uh, who who always tends to hit at the right distance, I, I think he's the best iron player in the game, uh, is Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas went out there and shot uh, a round of 62 today that – yeah, it was so impressive. It almost looked, it just looked so easy. Uh, he all of a sudden, after shooting 72 in round one, finds himself in tied fifth. If you're Emiliano Grillo, if you're Victor Hovland or Tom Hoagie or any of these guys near the top of the leaderboard, is he your main focus heading into tomorrow? Yeah, I'd got to think, um, you know, any of the guys out in front or any or anyone on the leaderboard are looking at Justin Thomas after today's round going, all right, well, here he is, but we were kind of expecting that. Um, he is by far the the name in the field, if you will, uh, and and by far and away the, the most decorated player on the leaderboard right now. So, you know, you would think that he is going to draw the lion's share of the attention. But the truth is, for those guys who are in contention, doesn't matter where you are, with the lead, outside the lead, chasing, you could just got to do you. Now, you can pretty well expect that Justin Thomas is going to go out and do something in the order of 67 or better, you know, four under or better, and maybe he gets a little hot. But the one thing that both Hovland and, and JT have got going on is, you know, they've shot those incredibly low rounds, and and it's a thing where it's difficult to back up. And, and everyone knows this because there's that mindset of like, well, yesterday I was seven under through the stretch of holes, and now I'm just two under. But the thing for them is just to remind themselves, hold on, it's just to now stay in front of guys. No matter whether I'm seven under or five under, I've just got to do what I got to do to get in front of one more person on the leaderboard. So it's going to be fascinating. But yes, you're right. Uh, Grillo, uh, everyone in, uh, in in contention there, Hoagie and company, they're very aware of JT on that leaderboard right now. So heading into Sunday rounds, I always would, like my goal, if I were out there playing or if I were coaching a player out there, you want to be within five 
and and inside the top 10. I think if you're within five and inside the top 10, you have a very, very realistic chance of closing the deal on Sunday if you if you play a great round of golf. When you start to get outside the top 10, it's really outside of five shots back. It just gets really difficult to pass that many players. But when there's a player like Justin Thomas sitting there at tied fifth, um, and he's four shots back, it, he, to me, almost rules out the 11-unders. It's almost like, okay, well... He, he's almost like two or three players being in that field because the likelihood of him playing a great round, as you said, Mark, of 67 is just that much higher. So, I mean, it really it, it puts a, a cap on this to me. It's almost like if you're not at 12 under like Justin Thomas and Patrick Rogers are, um, I, I think it's going to be really difficult for you to win. One of the players at 11 under is Tony Finau. Do you give him any shot tomorrow? I mean, the, the second nine today was so disappointing. He got on a great run. He made three bogeys on the second nine, no birdies, including a bogey at 18. He had a wedge in his hand from the fairway and hit it into the bunker and made a bogey. But this round, after a hole-in-one on the fourth hole, really kind of turned for the worse on the second nine. What do you make of his chances tomorrow? Um, I, I, to, to your observation, I think everyone has a chance, and the reason why is JT's round, for argument's sakes, he began his day on the second nine which was the harder of the two sides. So he gets it out of the way. So I have a sense, you know, we don't, I don't know personally, I didn't look at the weather forecast for tomorrow, but it's the kind of place where you can get a bit silly and post something because that last stretch of holes, there's some really penalizing driving holes. I think of 12, it's easy to miss the fairway. And then there's a couple of holes there late in the final round where if you miss, it's disastrous and you essentially reloading another golf ball. So, so those guys in the final few groups, the pressure is a little different. And if you're playing with a lead and you're on 16 and you got to hit one in the fairway, that's different to whether you've done with 16 already and just trying to fire at flags. So, so I would, st- I would, I'm of the opinion, I guess, a little contrary to you, that I still feel like the 11s are in the game. Um, there was a 62 and a 63 today. In fact, I looked through the numbers and there were 16 rounds of 65 or better. Yep. And so that's about what well, that's that's about twenty three percent. It's just a shade under twenty a quarter of the field. So, so it's on I, unless the weather gets silly. Um, someone can go out there and and do something kind of crazy and get six, seven, eight, nine under of those elevens and get to twenty. Now, will that be enough? I don't know. But I tell you what, if I'm Grillo or Hoagie or one of the guys in the final few groups, and and, and I look up at the leaderboard and I see some guy that's posted twenty under par, you know that that's going to be a pretty stout effort. Because yeah, it's a long way to go. Exactly. Right now, sixteen is leading. So, uh, so I still think those elevens are uh, in position, but they're going to have to get busy quickly. Right. It's a good point, Mark. Cause if you, if you do go out and get to 20 under and you're an 11 under guy for a Victor Hovland, who's in solo third, only three, he's only two shots back. He's squarely in the mix, but all of a sudden he's got to shoot a round of six under just to match. Yeah. And that's, no matter how, regardless of conditions, that's a great round of golf. It's not easy to do. That's never given. That's so from that standpoint, I understand where you're coming from. That's the thing. And that's the mistake that the fans make. And the mistake that we as the commentators on the game sometimes make is we, we just laud these guys so much. And we're like, oh, they'll shoot 63 at the drop of a hat. But I got to tell you, there's something about that sphincter over the final few holes when things get tight where I don't care how easy the golf course is playing. I don't care how well you're playing. You know that hole starts to shrink if you're if you're in contention. So who is the guy for you tomorrow? Real quick before we get out of here, who who's your guy? Oh goodness, 
I have a sense about Grillo. I said this earlier in the week in a podcast. I'm like, he's a sleeper to pay attention to. And just the way he's hitting the golf ball, I mean, he's playing from the fairway, as you point out. He's hitting a number of greens in regulation. So he's stacking the odds in his favor. Um, but it's going to be tough sledding. It won't be easy. But but I just feel like with the lead right now, he's a pretty combative kind of a character. And he's always up for the fight. So so I, I have a feeling that he hangs, he hangs on. It'll be hard, but I feel like he hangs on. I, I think you're right on the money here. I think Emiliano Grillo is going to get it done. The other guy I would throw out there is Adam Long. I think he's the best bet you're seeing on this page. Uh, he did this a couple of, uh, maybe at, at, towards the end of last season. Uh, I believe it was at the 3M Open. He got himself right there in the mix. Sunday didn't go his way. I think it was a learning opportunity. I think you're going to see him win. Um so, Mark, we're looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, one more day to go, one more round. We're going to have a winner tomorrow. We will all be here tomorrow evening uh, to break this all down for you. So, Mark, thank you. That's Mark Immelman. You can get him on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. I'm Greg Ducharme. You can get me at the Real GFD. That's it for the first cut tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 